everyone. We are back for our second episode of Just Another Magnet Monday podcast. It is so fun to be here for episode number two. Thank you all so much for listening. This is Molly Pat Eyestone with Marketing and Communications at Stormont Vale Health. And of course, I'm joined by Carol Perry, Chief Nursing Officer. Carol, how are you? I'm good, Molly. It was so fun when we did our first Magnet Monday, so I'm, I know. I'm excited to be here. We're again. back again. Joined by Elizabeth Pinkston. Hello. We're so excited that you are here with us. You work in the birthplace. I do. I have worked in the birthplace for almost 15 years now. I moved up from a staff nurse, and I am now a church nurse. You've met a lot of mamas. I have. I've met a lot of mamas, helped a lot of mamas, had the good times, had the sad times, had the everything in between, and I love it and would never change anything about it. That's awesome. Tell us about you. Tell us your story. You told us what you do here at Stormont Vale. What should people know about you? I have actually wanted to be a nurse since I was like 16 years old. My mother was a nurse. My grandmother was a nurse. So nursing kind of ran in my family. And I was always kind of drawn towards nursing and childbirth as well for some strange reason. My mom had was a childbirth educator and I would find her materials and I would read through them and it just enthralled me. So I was really drawn to that and I told my mom, I was like, I think I want to be I want to be a labor and delivery nurse. And she's like, what? You're okay. Well, maybe. Well, then she ended up pregnant with my youngest sibling. And I was 16 at the time. She's like, okay, if you think this is what you want to do, then we'll go through some education and we'll let you come along when when we have the baby. So I was actually able to be there. The first birth that I ever witnessed was my youngest sibling. Oh my gosh. And that just kind of solidified in my mind exactly that, yes, this is absolutely what I want to do with my life. That's incredible. We talked to Carol in our last episode about what gives her joy in nursing. So what gives you joy in this career other than how you got your start? Because that's a pretty unique one. <laughs> I love making the moments with patients. I love when you have that connection with a patient or a family member. And it may not always be a positive or happy moment, but not every moment that you make with a patient or a family member has to be. Just being there for them, that's what brings me joy. Being able to be the person who holds their hand and helps them through not only the happy, fun times of having a baby, but also the more difficult and and sad times of their lives. Just that role of what you're doing there is so important, which is kind of the theme of what we talked about last time too, Mm -hmm. is being there for people. Today, we're going to talk about professional governance and being a voice of influence, which is perfect because, Elizabeth, you are part of the Professional Development Council. That is correct. Professional governance. Yes. What is it? Well, I would say professional governance is exactly what Elizabeth just talked about. It really is about being there in the moment, but it's being there in preparedness as the care manager, the registered nurse, and therefore you can be there for your patients with the highest level of competence and confidence in your practice. So professional governance has several different components from professional development to practice to communication. There are professional development councils that are governed by nurses looking at their practice they're having the say leading the best practices for what they do day in and day out. And, you know, we've had shared governance for a long time, but we really are pushing it to the next level. And that is professional practice where not only are the staff, the experts doing the work, but they're also 
facilitating how that gets carried throughout the system. I am a huge proponent of professional governance in that from a senior exec to a frontline staff, it really is working together to make things happen. Without the frontline experts making the decisions on practice and professionalism and what we need to do from a systems perspective to improve, there would be a lot missed because the experts doing it day in and day out need to have the say of the why and how we get that done. And they've done the evidence-based practice, they've done their research, they've done their certifications. They are the smartest people that should be saying why we're doing what we're doing to improve care. From a senior leadership perspective, when you put the power between the frontline experts and the senior leadership that is articulating the why from a strategic planning perspective, we're going to do the right things the first time and the resources and the energy and the growth and from a strategic plan, what we do will be much more efficient. During the pandemic, we got away from that. And those were hard times. There were quick decisions made with no explanation of the why. And you can't apologize for that. Everybody was trying to figure it out. But I am so thankful that we're back to professional governance and having the people that are doing the work, governing their practice, bringing in the interdisciplinary professionals to help make decisions. And this organization will thrive as we go forward because of that change of structure. Absolutely. We did just recently change from shared governance to professional governance. So maybe Elizabeth, you can talk about that transition going off what Carol just said the why that's important. So we've had shared governance for quite a long time and it's been basically okay we're going to get your input we'll get your ideas and then and then we'll decide where we go from there with the professional governance model it switches more from a just fact finding getting information from you and then we'll kind of decide whether we want to do anything with that or not or whether that's a good idea but ultimately we're going to kind of do what we think is best to more of a empowered okay you're saying this is what you want we will give you the support and the ability to make these changes happen overall we're going to have an increase in satisfaction from the staff because the stuff that they're bringing up saying, we want this, we need this, this is how we want things to work. They'll see that being put into practice and ultimately it will reinforce their understanding and their belief in professional governance and things like that. The other thing that it's also doing is it's bringing in the other interdisciplinary teams. So it's not strictly nursing. So nursing will deal with nursing issues, but they're also bringing in other ancillary departments to help work together because ultimately nurses can't do everything. Sometimes we may think we can try to, but we cannot. We absolutely cannot. And it's very important to bring in those other departments and other ancillary staff to help take care of the patients as a whole. Yeah, I'm on communication council and it is interesting to bring back different perspectives from different departments as well to hear what's going on in other areas. What do you think is important about team decision making because that happens in those councils because you get every department. So talk about the benefit of shared decision making. I love that you get so many more perspectives than just your own. A lot of times you can get kind of tunnel visioned into this is what I see is the problem and this is what's going to fix the problem. But then when you're like, okay, well, this is the problem. Then you hear from the other people that are involved and they're like, well, no, that's not actually the problem. What you're seeing is, you know, this part of this, but 
things have to kind of work this way because this is how this works. And it's all a very intricate networking of one domino that affects many different things. So what we see as being, yes, this is the problem. This is how we fix it may not be one, the whole problem. It might be something on our end of things that we need to kind of readjust what we're seeing and how we're doing things. But it also could be the side effect of all of these other moving and working parts that have to come together to say, okay, let's, how can we fix this so that it works the best for everyone involved? Nice. I I think you did a nice job, Elizabeth. (laughs) I was sitting here shaking my head as Elizabeth is talking. If you you can't see me, but um, I think that was a very good explanation, and especially with the interdisciplinary teams. And I, I could give example after example where if you don't listen to everyone that has a part in a process across the spectrum, then you're going to miss an opportunity to address that on the front end and implement a more seamless improvement because each individual only see what they can see. But when you open it up that you're seeing the entire process, then you will make the right decisions and include the right people from the get-go and get the best outcome of of measurement of improvement and why we are really changing. And you mentioned the communication council. And, you know, I've been here 40-some years, and every time we survey, communication is always our opportunity. It's always the opportunity to improve. But I think if we could just go back to the basics and say the why behind a change, the why we're doing something different, no matter if it's from a shared governance council because of a change in any department, then people will accept that a lot more and then start asking questions if you get that interdisciplinary team that will provide the best outcome with a change. Carol, this is kind of a hard one because we know that nurses have a lot on their plate. We're asking them to get involved in other things. Why should nurses get involved? Because we know that it is added responsibility, it's added work, but it's really important. So why would you say to get involved? I want this to be like their home. And if they get involved, we will get the best outcomes. And I've talked to a lot of staff lately through surveys, through talking rounds, And the reason that they don't get involved is multifactorial, but they're understanding that if they do get involved, then the outcomes are what they said should be done. So there really is results coming from professional development or councils that are working through the process. And when they can see that what they say does matter, you ask, we did, then that gets the synergy. And I think that they should get involved because they're seeing the outcomes. And I think that we would be ripping the organization off if we didn't listen to the people doing the work. And when I say organization, I want to clarify everything we do, the patient and family is at the center. So I don't mean Stormont. I mean the patients and families we serve. We will deliver much higher care, much higher service, much higher quality and a confidence in those people that we get to care for if we get the experts involved. Because it makes a difference. It does. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we do have quite a bit of ability to care for our patients in the best and safest way possible from a bedside staff perspective. There are always those issues that come up that you're like, well, why do we have to do things this way? Or why can't we do things this way? And that's one of the things that when I have a staff member come up to me and say, well, why do we have to do it this way? I try and stop and think about that question. Okay, well, why do we do it this way? And if it's a, you know, cut and dry, well, that's what our policy says that we have to do. There's really not a whole lot of wiggle room. That's why we do it. If it's one of those things that 
well, that's the way that we've always done it, then I stop and think, okay, well, would there be a better way that we could do this? Is there a better way that we can do this? And we have done a few things that have changed those practices. A lot of it has to do with evidence-based research and things like that, that ultimately lead to better outcomes for our patients. How would you say, how can nurses use professional governance effectively? It kind of goes hand in hand with what you were just explaining. For me, where I've had a passion for Um, orientations and teaching and learning with new employees, students and things like that. I sit on the preceptor committee as well. And that's one of the big things that with that passion and that drive, we're implementing a lot of changes and updates to the orientation process, to the evaluation process during orientation that is hopefully down the road going to lead to very positive outcomes, a lot of staff retention, people that are more satisfied with their orientations and things like that, all from this professional governance subcommittee that we're doing all these changes in. And so how does professional governance prepare nurses for the next step in their career? I think that when you look at not just professional governance, but professional governance does push you to learn how to facilitate meetings, how to manage process. It encourages you to get certified. It encourages you to advance your education. So all those things do help prepare a nurse to go to the next level at whatever career path they want to go down, whether it be a charge nurse or a manager or whether they want to be a advanced practice provider. So there's every opportunity, but it, it teaches you to understand your practice, be accountable for your practice, articulate the why behind what you're doing, and it's your own gut check is every single time, are you doing what's best for the patient and family from a safety, a quality, a communication? Did you read back and confirm? Did you get to the basics every time without exception of delivering the highest standard of care? And how do you feel like it's helped you advance your career and use these skills that you're learning day to day? I think that it's very empowering when you step back after we've been able to implement some of these changes that come from the shared governance councils, sorry, the professional governance councils. (laughs) Um, When you see some of the changes or some of the decisions that were made at that level being put into practice, you're like, yeah, maybe I maybe I do know what I'm talking about. Maybe I, I am smart enough to be able to be a part of all of this. And it's just very empowering. Absolutely. Why do we need interprofessional relationships in healthcare? We kind of talked about, you know, getting everyone together, not just a nursing group, but why is that important and why do we need it in healthcare specifically? Oh my gosh, you can't have healthcare without good interdisciplinary teamwork. It's I know it's an old saying, but you know, you catch more bees with honey than with vinegar. And that's so true. When you have good working interactions with other departments, other facilities, other areas that you work with, it really makes everything run smoother. And ultimately, you can give your patients better care because you're not constantly fighting amongst each other (laughs) to try to then provide care to the patients. When everyone works together like a well-oiled machine, it's just better for everyone involved. What benefits do you see from multiple departments coming together, working for the common goal? Oh, I think respect builds connection. And when you can tell when somebody respects your role, no matter what role you hold, there's not one position more important. Each position has different responsibility, but respect builds connection and connection makes you a strong 
team. And if there's one weak link in the team, we all look weak. Mm-hmm. And if we're a strong team, then the people we're caring for and the community will know it. And that's when we all feel the success of being the world-class magnet facility that we want to be. Absolutely. My last formal question, why do clinical nurses need to be involved in decision-making for their organization? This kind of goes back to shared decision-making, but talk about the benefit behind clinical front-facing, front-lines nurses and team members making these decisions. Well, first off, they're the ones that are having to help facilitate and put these things into practice. So if they're the ones that are saying, hey, we need to change this or we need to improve this, and then they give us the ideas for let's do it this way or can we try it this way or can we update and do things this way, there's also a lot more buy-in because then, again, coming back to the empowerment piece, once it gets implemented, they're like, yes, isn't this a great idea? This was my idea. See how great this is? Now it's working better and everybody's happier. I think that really the, getting the buy-in and ownership of the practices and things that are put into place from the governance councils is really the biggest factor, in my opinion. The, the nurse is truly the one constant position that is at the bedside all the time and that's not just in the 24 7 but even in the ambulatory the nurse is that one constant that care manager keeping things going across the system and again it's it's not that the role is more important it's the one constant it's the largest workforce and it it is an optimal position to make sure that we are delivering excellent care because it's not a systems expertise. It is a holistic expertise. And I know we'll get to talk about that later, but we have Gene Watson is our theorist, and that's what we were taught on a foundation of how our nurses taught and educated. And it's really the theory is about holistic care instead of systems expertise. Yeah. And it's the experiences too. You know, you can't make up these experiences that you all go through and that you all have experienced. You know, they're real and you only know them until you have them happen. Elizabeth, we talked in the last one. We're doing this to communicate, but to also help prepare for the magnet visit as well. And so maybe people who haven't gone through the visit before, what would you tell those team members? What advice would you give them going forward? Really, this is our time to shine. We know that we're a fantastic place, and this is the time that we have to brag on ourselves and say, yeah, look at all these great things that we do. Look at these changes that we've implemented so that we can give our patients the best care possible, and that it's completely different than other visits <laughs> that might happen. Um, it's not that they're looking for the errors. It's not that they're looking for the negatives. They they want to see the positives. They want to hear about the positives. Mm-hmm. And that's really the time that we're able to give them everything that we love about nursing and everything that we love about what we're doing and what we're able to do for our patients. Nurses are by trait, very humble, I feel like. So not the time to be humble, people. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Good point, Molly. Anything else that you guys think we missed about professional governance that you wanted to touch on? Like Elizabeth said, it's our time to shine and we will grow every day in our professional governance councils. And if you have any questions, you want to get involved in a council, just reach out. There are many people to talk to about that. And we want everybody involved that will make that commitment and will teach and support. You don't have to be 
super experienced. Sometimes some of the best ideas come from brand new nurses that see something and are like, why are we doing it this way? And for some of us old crusties, we're like, because that's how we do things. Uh But sometimes having those new ideas from a newer nurse are absolutely great additions to any council. And I totally forgot, how do people get involved in professional governance, if you would like? You can talk to any of the council representatives and we can help you get an application. There's also on the SharePoint page Mm -hmm. now, it's very awesome. It's been revamped through SVNet on the SharePoint page, there's actually a quick link that you can click on to start filling out the application. It's really a pretty painless and easy process to get involved. It also has all of the councils listed and what their focuses are and what their expertise area is. So you can kind of go through and see, oh, well, I'd be more interested in this council or this council. And then you can make your decision based off of what their areas of interest are. I do want to also say that I've had the experience over the years to have Elizabeth on the peer review council. And it's a mandated council that the organization has. And there's Kansas statutes through the State Board of Nursing that you have to have a peer review council. And I've never been more honored to be a part of a group of nurses that support nurses that have had errors or been involved in scenarios. And Elizabeth did a fabulous job along with a a whole team of nurses listening to nurses that have been involved in things that we want to work really hard to prevent. And that's what professional development also does. So thanks, Elizabeth. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) well that does it for episode two already thank you both so much for being here and chatting about all the things these conversations are for you all of our team here at Sermont Vale this is to help us prepare for the magnet visit learn more about nursing at Sermont Vale as well and how communicating with each other is so important and working together so we'd love to hear your feedback next week we're going to talk about professional development so that'll be a good conversation we'll talk to you next week thanks Molly thanks Elizabeth thank you going in three, two. Hello, we are back for our second episode of Just Another Magnet Monday podcast with Parrot. Peril Carey. <laughs> Peril Carey. Carol Perry. Can we go with Peril Carey from now on? You can. You can do what you want. You're in charge. Okay, we're going to start over. 